your cute little headphones. Yep, I can hear you. It's exciting. I have a Zoom box too. Yeah, you have a Zoom. Mine has four holes. More holes. <laughs> You're so disgusting. I know. The way you said that. Mine has four holes. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Unbothered by Ty Rivera. As always, we come to you from high atop Ty Rivera Studios, <laughs> aka. Casa de Bijou, our guest today is the one and only Miss Eleanor J. Kerrigan. (laughs) She just found a hair on the tip of her microphone. microphone. I don't know if it came out of my teeth or yours, Ty, but I'm excited about it. (laughs) You know what the worst part is? You're not sure either. (laughs) I don't know where it came from. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. But the worst part is... I actually made sure that I tidied up my place. For me? Yeah, of oh, course. please. I would have cleaned it for you. <laughs> and so then there's a hair on the end of the microphone. <laughs> like, how do you forget to clean and make sure the microphone looks... Uh, all right. Well, I quit. It could have been one of mine. I don't <laughs> I quit. know. I, I quit my own podcast. I, uh, this is I lo- my two I'm weeks. excited about your podcast because um, you're always unbothered and I'm always bothered. I know so you're bothered. <laughs> I am so bothered by people and that pubic hair and everything. No, I'm kidding. I want to ask you the first question I know everybody asks you and I know the answer to yes, it. Yes, I swallow. <laughs> what? Come on. Hi. <laughs> Not that question again, Eleanor. Okay, We've everyone discussed knows that, that in private. We've discussed <laughs> that in private. Was this a PG? <laughs> Could you imagine me having a PG podcast? It's like, Eleanor, do that's not That's me. Say I'm that always word. the person that's like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh, we're not allowed to curse. <laughs> like, I got yelled at, like, by dice on a show for cursing. And I was like, really? By dice? Boss? Yeah. I forget what we were doing. I think it was, I want to say it was Artie Lang's. And he was on like a regular station at the time. Oh, okay. Then that and makes I, sense. of course, said I dropped an F bomb and he freaked out. Yeah. And then, of course, Artie just ran with it like, you're, that's the best getting yelled at by dice for cursing. So they just beeped you out and then you guys kept it going? Yeah, they beeped it, but it was like, and, and then I didn't realize it was that. So the whole time I was nervous, like, oh no, don't, don't talk because you don't know how to talk without cursing, you filthy whore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm beating myself up, even though I can talk without cursing, I swear. Yeah, I can too. It's just not my favorite. I hate when I have to think about things, you know? Right. If you tell me, But when I I guess if I'm not thinking about it, I really just do whatever. Yeah. And then after that, after you get like a scolding, you're in that mode where you're like, now I'm going to keep saying something. I don't want to, I don't want to talk. I'm done. Yeah. Wait. So what was your question? Uh, I was going to ask if you were related to Nancy Kerrigan. Really? Every, Would you like me to throw you out that fucking I know. That's right why now? I said I know the answer because I know everybody asks you, but then I know like the same time the botherinas, as I decided they're called. Those are my listeners. Like me. The botherinas. I'm, I'm bothered. I'm fucking bothered by that question. I'm fucking pissed right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I started off by bothering you at the beginning of unbothered. No, I'm not. I don't know. I will. My dad gets around, so it's possible. And uh, he has a huge family. His... He, his mom had, I think, 15 kids, something like that, crazy, something ridiculous. And they're all over. Jesus and, Christ. Uh, what were you guys, yeah. Mexican? No, Irish. Okay, it's worse. Close enough. Irish, Mexican, double negative. Yeah. Um, 
but the uh yeah we just so we're everywhere Mm -hmm. but i don't know i know i have a lot of family in new york that i don't know on my dad's side and they're the kerrigans okay do you know what i mean like my mom's side i know pretty really well but my parents split up when i was like eight so it's like we kind of lost contact and our family immediate family was so big that it was like we're not we're not getting involved with yeah your own shit distant, yeah uh, relatives that may or may not be same connected. yeah same with my family like we yeah. talked to one side of the family my mom's side of the family but then my dad's side uh and it's not like a bad thing it's just like yeah. we just don't you know we still talk big. to them uh-huh. we still hang out like my dad's side comes visits my mom all the time like uh in the city they go see my mom all the time which is f- great we love it and if i'm in their neighborhood i'll stop by that's my dad's like immediate family like his brothers their kids you know what okay. i mean but not any further than that and i know it goes far um because i've met people on the road that are like oh you're charlie kerrigan's kid and my dad's blah, blah, blah. i'm like listen i'm not playing fucking irish oh shit Ty, i broke it eleanor I, is breaking it's my big feet the studio that got caught in the fucking cord Eleanor hates. Did I pull your ear out? (laughs) (laughs) I just hate that you're not bothered. Do you Uh, know what I mean? Like, I get you saying unbothered makes people believe that you're not bothered, but I know you're bothered. (laughs) Deep down inside, in your little heart of hearts, your little black beating heart that says Trump right on it is bothered. You know, I'll tell you right now, I'm annoyed with Trump. Everybody is. She's crazy. Yeah, yeah, she's lost her mind. I don't know what she's on. You know, you really can't. Once they fix her hair, it went really hard. You you, know that's that. where you I, know I thought that I got was. pissed when I saw that. I thought that was him, like actually trying to soften. Yes, <laughs> kind of. And I, but that I hate that they do that to people. It's like, okay, you're here. Let's change you. What? Yeah. Keep that abrupt son of a bitch the way he was. Yeah, but the the problem now is, you know, they're going to be cracking down on the marijuana again. Oh, which- that, everybody's into I don't know why they don't see the fucking good in that. Do you? I believe it. I mean, look what it's done for Colorado. Look what it's done. I'm why not legalize it? I don't Oh, okay. I thought sense. you meant the good in what was the crackdown like them trying to no. crack down. Yeah. It, no. And I don't even smoke marijuana. I've never smoked weed in my life. Well, the thing with me is I do and I don't. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. So it's not like I'm not one of those crazy people that's like, you know, all about it and I'm not, you know, definitely not wearing marijuana on my clothes like to the other adults. Oh, that's yeah, your yeah, thing, that. but I'm not that guy. Like, you watch my hair with marijuana uh-huh. and then they'll product. wear like yeah, the yeah, marijuana socks like, like you know Woody with the Harrelson leaves on them and stuff or something yeah i don't i yeah i feel like i'm a grown-up <laughs> i don't obsess on weed or beer or any of I that like you cotton. know yeah yeah it's just it's <laughs> <laughs> just regular old unsmokable <laughs> but i get it i get it it's environmental i get what they're trying to do uh-huh. and i do believe like marijuana it helps fucking people. It, it, of course, there's always going to be people that go to the extreme. There's always assholes in every group. So, yeah, it, somebody's, there's that person that's not going to make it. Like, uh, they're going to get a marijuana card. 
because their toe hurts. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. But then there's real people that get sick from medications of cancer and things like that. And marijuana fucking helps out. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't, nobody hurts people on marijuana. So who the fuck, if their toe hurts, let them smoke. Yeah, I'm with, They'll see, that's less. why I'm with you is because there are people that legitimately need it. And it, you know, when they really try to crack down on it, it does make it harder for those people too. And it's just, it, and I agree with you. It's Puts not something that's, in the fucking and community. that's what we need. Yeah, we so actually do the, need. What is the problem? How do you not look at Colorado and go, oh my God. It's not the super rich state. That's not what it is. Yeah. They're, they legalized something and they figured it out. Why, is not, why isn't everyone following suit? I don't get it. The one thing I have to say, though, that I was kind of torn on, and I still am, is the transgender bathroom thing or the young, you know, in the schools. So, okay. Now, you have to... Uh, here's the thing. Is it just schools? I don't know the rules. I stink at this. Is it just... Um, like, do you need to do that? I believe I no. It's, I because I was just gonna. The only reason I look at my you were phone look during, it up? yeah, okay. because I believe that the thing was, um, it was decided. Obama had decided, like you know, the last fight was over like Target or Walmart or something. Correct? Yeah, but because I'm one... just saying, pull your pants down and piss an aisle eight at that point. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Even if you have to take a shit, you're in Walmart anyway. Go to the anyway. fucking doggy aisle and just shit in a bed. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't care. Sorry, guys. You know what I mean? I'm just like I, I don't get nervous. Like I'm, I'm. We've all been around trans people that we didn't even know. Always. That's Always. been forever. You never even know it. And on, honestly, as a kid, if uh, I wasn't told. That I couldn't, I would have probably transitioned somewhere. You but I'd be sucking dick so with you late at night, too. So that's weird that I bring it up like that. You know, but you I know what I'm saying. I never get that, though. And I have friends. Uh, I'm like, like why you switch and then you're still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, I've never gotten that. But I, I'm going to have my friend Jeffrey J on okay. coming up. And he's uh, a gay trans man. Gay trans, yes. So, you know, he... So he just made it even harder for himself. Well, you know... how I see it. I have a ridiculous joke about it. About, I want to Because I have two gay trans men friends, and mm-hmm. uh, I have a joke just where I'm like, you know, I just always feel like you went a long way to get fucked in your ass. You know, you could have done right. that as a woman, right? <laughs> We've all shit on a dick. Both genders. It's, it happens. It's the worst. It's, it's the worst. <laughs> You jump in it. It's so awful. Well, it gave me a real visual, you but know. I mean, true. like I'm a gay like, man, so I I've don't... seen, I've. But yeah, I didn't see what it was. But when I was seven, eight years old, that's all I wanted to do was switch. I wanted a button so that when I went outside, I could be a boy, and then when I went back in, I could be a girl, so I didn't upset my mom. And the only reason is because my mom had. 10 kids, as you know, and then, uh, but four in a row, boys. And then I came out and I was like, You're a boy. The biggest type. You know what I mean? Like, my brother's like, Bitch, you're going to be eating pussy in no time. (laughs) Like, nobody throws like that. Nobody hits like that. Nobody's that angry. And why are you smoking at nine? Like, it was just all. 
bad. But it was because I ran with them, I didn't know. And my mom would be like, oh, a little girl. And she'd put a dress on me and I'd rip it off or I'd tuck it in my underwear and I'd... You know, I'd have my dick out. And yeah, I was I was the same except opposite. Like, I had yeah. my two sisters and I was, you know. Sure, and I think it happens. I mean, I, I, you're, you, I mean, I was, I'm straight, I guess. I, whatever the word is. Uh, right? We call it. Uh, no, I'm just normal? Normies. Try normal? So accurate. And, um, no, but like, I always was attracted to men but i also wanted to be a man mm-hmm. so i was like oh why take that extra step you're a fag just in a woman's this, body right? <laughs> guys just ignore that adam's apple and get in here huh? <laughs> but I, I yeah so my mom was always like oh god all i wanted was a little girl and she just like cry did your mom get upset that you were well, when I came out, she went into serious denial at first. So that you were a boy? No, th- oh. about me being gay. See, because the thing oh, was... when you came out, I thought yeah. you went out of her pussy. Oh, boy, You're Eleanor. so you ridiculous. Out, out. No, they wanted a boy. They had tried. They, Got you know, it. they okay. tr- they wanted a boy. And that's so what they get for pushing. I, that's what I always say. Good. I'm like, you know, that's right. <laughs> It happens. You can't force it. But I did. Uh, I, I talked about it on Josh Wolf's podcast. Uh, I thought that I was going to, um, because I was raised like, if you didn't like girls, then you must be a girl. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thinking, like you, oh. you either like boys or girls. That's what it is. You know, as far as you're supposed to be straight, basically, is right. the way I was raised. Okay. So if you didn't like girls, then you must be a girl or you need to get a sex change. Gay wasn't an option. You know what I mean? Like that was just, and so I thought I had bigger problems than I had when I was younger. I thought, well, I guess I'm meant to be a girl, you know? So, and so for like, I remember being a teenager and kind of imagining my life as a woman, you know, like, oh God, <laughs> like one day great. I'll, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and so someday I'll wish upon a star. <laughs> <laughs> what? And then, uh, like, as I grew up, and then we moved out of that small town, and I got to see like what gay was, Humans. or mm-hmm. yeah, you know. Then I was like, oh, okay, so this is an option. And then I realized, you know, at a point where I was just like. Oh, so I don't even have to, like you said, take that extra step. I don't yeah. have to do anything. I can just be me and date men. Yeah. And I, I have nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with trans. I don't think there's anything wrong with a trans person, whatever. But I don't understand all the hubbub about the bathroom situation, bringing it back to that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah like, no, no. I'm glad we got back to if it. You get, if you do it right, trans, I'm speaking to you now. Uh, I'm kidding. If you do it right, nobody's going to fucking stop you. Yeah, and we've all seen, like, burly or masculine-looking women that are actual women. There's some that are so questionable. Yeah, and you don't question it because they just... They are, so they just go where they go. You know, they go to the women's bathroom. They don't ask any questions. Like, because I saw a trans person write a blog about, like, I will Google the state that I'm going to and find out what the laws are as far as the trans people using their bathrooms. And I was like, why are you doing that? 
If you're a woman, you just go to the women's bathroom. You don't ask any questions. You don't look around. You don't look suspicious. You just walk in the bathroom like anybody else has to walk in a bathroom. What was that movie? Was it Trans America with Frances uh, McDermott? That was... She was uh, terrific. What's her name? What was her name? Uh, Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman. I'm sorry. I always go the other... I confuse those two all the time. I don't know why. Sorry. Uh, Because they're both kind of dykey looking? Well, they're both... I'm such a nerd. They're both excellent actresses. Mm-hmm. And so they always bring it. And you never, and they're always as natural. Like to me, especially McDermott is more, Huffman's great, but McDermott, like she don't even give a fuck what she looks like. She's like, this is who I am. Yeah. And, and I love that. But the, the, um, Felicity Huffman, what she did in that movie was exactly what you're saying. No, no, I'm a woman. So she acted and, was a woman, even though she hadn't had her operation, so to speak. So she used the ladies' room. Mm-hmm. She, it was never a question. Yeah. Who would question it? And that's the way I see it. For uh, And the other thing for me, and I've been trying to tell the trans people, because the trans people on this scene, like the trans comics, yeah. um, they... I've met a lot lately, I'm very excited to say. They think I'm transphobic or I don't like trans people. And it's just, I don't think they try hard enough, the ones on the scene, you know? Yeah. And it's like, you're not trying hard enough. I've had trans friends my entire adult life. And mm. the thing is, <clears throat> you do have to be patient with people and explain what it is, you know, if you're going to talk about it, if you're going to consider yourself like an advocate or any kind of voice in that community, then you do have to do a fair amount of education. And education can't just be yelling at people online. Yes. And it is, you have to, just as much as you want the other side to be patient with you, you have to be patient with them. That's 100% you the way I feel. Yeah, you can't. Like I joke in that little thing about that that kid with the... Yeah, yeah. That little boy with the tutu mm-hmm. when I was like... In, for a minute, I really was taken aback. Like, oh, shit. Okay, buddy. Like, uh, he was dressed in a tutu and a really pretty dress. And I was like... And and his mom acted calm. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Like, but it did take me back a second because of where I come from uh-huh. and who I come from. Are older yeah, because you were at a friend's house and they were playing dress up yes, and exactly. the little boy got in a, a tutu. Yes, and he has no sisters. Yeah, so, so it's it his confusing. tutu. <laughs> it's definitely his tutu. <laughs> they bought it just for him. <laughs> it wasn't like... All by yourself, buddy? <laughs> uh, you know, you, you, it was like one thing if you stole from your sisters or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I wore my brother's clothes all the time. Yeah. I mean, there were. I can show you pictures that would scare you straight. Uh, okay, maybe not. I don't not think that's because, gonna happen. Yeah, not, not if you see me in that. <laughs> but literally, people like my nieces and nephews look at some of the pictures when I was a kid, and they always say things like, um, like they'll say to their mom or dad, "What uncle is that?" And they're like, "That's Uncle Eleanor." <laughs> Because she was going through something. I love that you're but Uncle Eleanor. I've heard you be, be Uncle Eleanor before. Yeah, yes. where is the picture? And you're like, <laughs> yes, I was with my short hair because yeah. I cut my ponytail off because I didn't want to be a girl. I had no interest in being a girl. Uncle Eleanor <laughs> is back at it again. <laughs> there she is, Uncle Eleanor. But it was true. Like my brother Johnny, he can't get enough of it. His kids ask him all the time, "What uncle is that?" And it's a constant in all the pictures. He's like, well, again, 
That's Uncle Eleanor. And she has some problems. But it's not problems. It's like, and they didn't make me feel like my brothers were like, oh, she's just one of us. You mm-hmm. know? Like, you, you, like, that's the thing I loved about my brothers, even though we were in that where it was unacceptable. If I would have maybe went further with it, they maybe would have got weirded out. But at the time, they were like, oh, she's just a little dirt boy, dirt ball that wants to be a boy. Like, it wasn't like they were going to push me out of their lives for it, which yeah, does happen. I know. And that's, what I believe, what makes them yell and scream about it because they deal with so much shit from people that are close to them. Yeah. That when an outside person comes at them, they're like, fuck you. You don't know what I've been through and you don't know what I've done to get here. You know, And I get that as well. So I think in all, everybody... Needs to calm the fuck down. Oh, I'm with you. I'm Even though with I'm you. bothered by everything, I will calm down. And there's things I'll see and I'll be like, oh, I'm going to fucking comment. And then I'm like, hold on a minute, bitch. Yeah, but see, this, like, when I talk to I you. I do pull back. This is like you, and I know that you're very free with, like, saying the way you feel about things and stuff like that. Yes. But what people... I think probably wouldn't get from just hearing you or hearing you on a podcast is really you are pretty chill about everything. Yeah. I yeah, get, you're yeah. not like, you know, because crazly I'm, online. Fucking, no, I can't. I can't get it online. I don't fight online, guys. I will fight you in the street. You can meet me <laughs> that, outside. Catch yeah. me outside, motherfuckers. Catch me outside. But how about that? And uh, that kid, please, we'll get into that horror in a second. But... Um, yeah, I, I do. I have anger issues and I will fight you on the street, but I can't do it online. Uh-huh. Here's my problem with doing it online. And this is what I've, <laughs> this is how I kind of semi educate myself because I don't know what side I'm on. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I float somewhere in the middle. I'm a very level headed, middle ground kind of person. And um, Don Myrera said to me a couple months ago, name dropper, uh, that uh, I'm a middle act dropper. So um, <laughs> he said uh, that he was never a follower, but he was also never a leader. So he just kind of did his thing. Mm-hmm. And I like the way he put that. Like, yeah, I'm not necessarily a leader. But I'm not a follower either. And sometimes I'll see a thing online and I'll be like, that's fucked up. They shouldn't say that. And then somebody will argue the opposite point. I'll be like, well, you got a point. And then by the time the end of it, I'm too fucking winded to get involved because I'm like, I see both sides. Yeah. So it's very hard when something is, when something has like good points on both sides, unless it's really cutthroat, like something really awful. You know, it could be like, this guy's an asshole. You need to just stop. But even that Milo guy, yeah. okay, I I didn't like that they protested him to not speak at, where was it, Berkeley? Yeah, that was Berkeley. And uh, the crazy lady that's uh, Betsy DeVos? Yeah, Betsy yeah, DeVos. The, the educational. Uh-huh. Okay, now I'm an inner city kid. I went to Catholic school because I couldn't go to public school. Though I have a friend, it's her birthday today. She went to public school two days. On the second day, the first day, she kept getting lost. You know, it was it was a, it was a little bit of a couple girls were picking on her. Real pretty girl, like she was hot when she was like twelve, which is uncomfortable. Yeah. And even my mom goes, "Oh, I feel sorry for her. She's almost sexy." <laughs> um, but she was right because she was a kid and she was like 
like Betty Boot, like beautiful. Yeah. And it was uncomfortable. So in um, the second day, they trapped her. These black guys trapped her in. Um, they didn't realize she's an inner city girl. They just thought she was a transplant. Because why would this hot girl be walking through the school? And they trapped her in the gymnasium. And she ran up the bleachers. And we used to break in the school at night uh-huh. just to fuck around. So she knew exactly how to open the thing. And, ju- and she hung jump out the window. Hung jumped. How do you say that? She would hang jump uh-huh. out the window from the second floor. Uh, it was either that or she gets raped yeah. in the fucking gym. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a problem with schools. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this lady is qualified to fix it or whatever. But, yeah, there's a... there's So then protesting her and wouldn't let her even in the school, I didn't like that. Because it's like, how the fuck is she going to know... Or get schooled in any way if she's not in there to take questions or to talk to people. That's where I think everybody's fucking themselves up because the thing is, let them come in. Yeah, whether or not have a fucking debate with them. And that's why I feel with Trump. Yeah, that's why I feel with Trump. Like, yeah, like I said, he's way far gone. No, but I mean, like, with if there was more, like you know, like. This is what we actually want from you. Okay, we hate that you're our president because a lot of people feel that way. So I respect you hate that. I respect it. Same. But at the same time, he is the president. So let's make sure he knows everything it is that we're trying to say. If you're going to make America great, then cool. I'm going to take you at your word for right now. Make America great. These are the things we are telling you that we need. Because a lot of times they focus on shit that we're not really worried about. Is when it comes down to it, I nor the average person are am really that worried about abortion as far as wanting to, you know, get rid of Roe versus Wade. Right. Like I don't think the average person I think if you were to actually put it to the people, you would end up finding out that in private most people are fine with the abortion laws the way they are now. Yes. I don't think most people that's that's a major concern for them. Even the people that because they're religious and kind of want to go with that ideology, mm-hmm. even those people I think in private would vote to leave it the same. Yeah. I almost fought with a kid from my neighborhood and then I uh he's an Italian immigrant, barely speaks English, which was most of my neighborhood mm-hmm. by the way. All Italians. Um, but he, he wrote, who would be pro-abortion? And I'm like, I don't know if it's a language barrier, fucker, but that's not what it is. It's not pro-abortion. It's pro-choice. So nobody is, the problem is, is, is these people say abortion, abortion, abortion. And they think we're just going, getting a cup of coffee, sticking a hanger in there, hanging out. You know what I mean? Like. That's not what worked. That's not what happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've had an abortion. I thank God, I will say. Uh, I don't it's not that I hate kids. It's just that I couldn't I couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't want to do it. I personally don't want to do it. It was a terrible situation I was in and I didn't want to make it even worse. Yeah. So I took my choice and I did that. Um, I've used Planned Parenthood. They go against Planned Parenthood. I've used Planned Parenthood as a doctor for years. I know I'm terrible, but I couldn't afford. I didn't have good insurance, so I got I get blood work from them. They check my uh, cholesterol, everything. The only thing I haven't done that I'm supposed to do is uh, get a breast exam. But I figure I'm titless, really. I know, Eleanor. You're I know, so but they are on me. 
It's not like people are like, oh, they just go to Planned Parenthood and suck out the baby. And uh, they call it the uh, fun vacuum. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think it's a great vacuum. And uh, you should just have pro-choice. I mean, I, I agree. I think most people are on this side. Yeah. But there's always that little group that has the loudest voice. That's why we need to just not pay attention to that group. Not pay attention to that group is the way I feel about it and work on stuff that we actually care about. Like when it comes to even the transgender Uh, bathroom. It's like, why is this a thing? Why is it that people can't just go to the bathroom that they're comfortable with? I, I don't think the average person is trying to get into the bathroom for any sexual type reason yeah. or any kind of devious. Yeah. It's just and like, I, I just need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I, I really have to pee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all this is about. Yeah. It's, it's going <laughs> to squirt out of this garden hose or it's going to go right between my feet. It's coming out. Yeah. And so I get it. But uh, like some people were like, oh, what if it's like, I can't remember if it was Rogan or somebody like, if it was like Joe Diaz coming in the bathroom in a dress, like that's a creep. Not Joe. I'm saying like a person <laughs> that big in like a fucking house gown, a house, what's that called? A house coat? Yeah. House My grandma used her to wear Her house them. dress. Yeah. Wearing her little fucking house dress. You know, coming, I got to piss, cocksuckers. You know, no, no, that's uncomfortable. Hey, cocksucker. Yeah, I get that's bad. Uh, <laughs> but he, it wouldn't be... Um, like that, like there's always that little section because somebody was saying, oh, well, what if my daughter's in the bathroom and this one, you know, th- there's always going to be that fucking animal uh-huh. out there with or without laws. Yeah. So I I think it's stupid, that whole, that argument part of it. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I don't. And I don't think we need to be arguing about. And that's the other thing I don't get is the arguing all the time. It's like, Constantly. can't we just talk like people can't, especially since, yes, there are the politicians and there is your political party. But we as, as citizens are the ones that are really having to deal with all these consequences. So why can't we between us, no matter what side you're on? Just have a regular conversation. I agree. And it is hard to have a regular conversation because here um, is a silly argument that I had. Um, But unfortunately, our friend was uh, outnumbered. Like we were not Trump supporters and he was a Trump supporter. And now there was probably four Trump supporters and one Trump guy. Uh So the argument escalated a little bit and the reason it escalated i think and and to the four um non-trump supporters weren't hillary supporters either maybe one of them was yeah yeah one of them was the other th- three of us were like no because i don't like hillary or trump so Me, yeah well, I, I wasn't a hillary fan yeah i'm not a big hillary fan i, I think she's bullshit i think her husband's bullshit i, I it's just the whole but me i think politicians are bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're all gonna lie to you. They're never gonna try to make you better better for you. That's why I, I find it funny when a regular person Trump's for us, he's one of the people. No, he's not. He's never been one of the people. Yeah, that's not a mistake it's I a, ever made. No. I never thought he and was. It, and these are people I grew up us. with that I'm like, honey, he's listen, he doesn't even drive through our neighborhood, and you know that. Mm-hmm. And we live near the airport. So <laughs> He doesn't, he goes the other way. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way. Like it just, that part of it makes me silly. And, um, but the argument we were having was that he was saying that they need to respect the president 
and the presidency, the office, uh-huh. right? And I get what he was saying because, again, my level head, like level-ish head, gets to the point of um, okay, he's right. They need to, we need to, uh, the people that are against Trump need to calm down and just figure out, like you said, to let them know what's mm-hmm. going on that's wrong. Problem is, Trump doesn't respect it and shits on everything, especially like Obama. Was I a big Obama fan? No. Why? Because he didn't affect my life, really. Yeah. Technically, he didn't affect my life. Uh, I, I'm poor. I don't make a lot of money. So I don't live in their world. They live in a different world than we live in. What they're fighting for and what they know about are things I've done, never even fucking heard of. So I get it. But Trump constantly shits on them. Every fucking time he, every chance he gets, he shits on him. I was left with a mess. Obama did this. Obamacare doesn't, oh, okay, motherfucker, he's out. You're in. Now what? Yeah. That's all we were trying to say. And the problem is he was by, he was by himself and it turned into a cackle. And I felt bad for him. I go, and then There's it was weird. Again, we all got yelled at by dice. <laughs> I'm not saying that the Trump fans are cacklers, but they get there. They get there. Yeah, right. It's not like a fucking batch of birds. I'm like, bitch. I love a cackle. I hate it, and I love it at the same time. It's so funny. But I heard it, and I thought, Eleanor, you're part of a cackle right now. (laughs) You're a cackler. Don't fucking cackle with these hoes. Yeah, you can't be cackling. No cackling allowed. Fuck. And so, and I did feel bad, but. At the same time, that person, our friend, the Trump supporter, he wasn't, he was, he was arguing his point. And I don't hate him because he voted for Trump. I don't care who he yeah. voted for. I, you know, I think every individual's, I believe in that. Me I, too. Most people's, I, most people I don't fucking like. But yeah. Because they will disappoint you. But there are some cool people out there, and I don't give a fuck what their political views are. Me neither. That's that's where people get mad at me because it's just... And yeah. it's like, why do you want me to take a side so bad? Why do you want me to be part of the problem? Like, right. I have the way that I voted, and I've given my reasons before, and I'm open to telling people when they do ask about it. But at this point... I don't feel like that's the most productive because we are where we are. Yeah. You know, so it's like when you want to run back through, okay, why did you originally vote? I can tell you all that, but at the same time, what does that matter for right now? Yeah. Like, shouldn't we be working on where we're actually trying right to go? Yeah. yeah. Let's, we live in this neighborhood. Because we are where we are, right. whether, whether, and I'm, I'm also with you on the, um, when people argue too much about politics, I always feel like you do realize they all have dinner together. They hang out together. Yes. It's like pro wrestling. Same shit. Yeah. They're, Same they're, shit. They're fighting on, as far as we see, but on, in private, yeah, they're very they're just, civil with each other. They're not allowed to be seen just like wrestlers. Uh-huh. Cause I used to be one. We, I one time was at an event and one of the girls that I had a big rival with, uh, was in line and I went over to hug her and she goes, you can't do that easy. We're in public. And I was like, oh my God, one, you called me easy and we're not in the ring. And two, <laughs> what the fuck? What and was your wrestling name? You were easy, easy rider. You were easy rider. <laughs> Naturally. If you look at me and you think, what would her wrestling name be? Easy rider. She's easy. She rides. She rides. <laughs> <laughs> it's a no-brainer. She's easy rider. 
But yeah, she was she was pissed. And we were at a big wrestling event at the Staples Center. Who'd you wrestle for? I wrestled for Wow Women of Wrestling. Okay. Uh, it's a really fun thing. It was, it was great. It was 16 years ago. Uh-huh. The guy who did it was David McLean. He owns that organization. Mm-hmm. He also did Glow in the early That's 90s. That's what I was going to ask you about Glow, if it was I know. Similar. It's the same guy, but he sold his rights to it, and now they're making the Netflix movie. I really tried hard to get in on it. It did not happen. I was very upset. Um, they're making a WoW movie or a WoW documentary? A glow. Oh, it's Glow. It's not a documentary. It's an actual... Um, it's two women, and it's really funny. And it's going to be on Netflix. Mark Marin is playing one of the managers. I forget the young girl that they got as the lead, but Ty, it is one of the funniest scripts I read in a when long time. When does it? Time. Do you know when it's? It comes out. Uh, I know they wrapped like a couple, like a month or two months ago. So I don't know exactly when it comes out, but it's it's going to be fucking funny. Yeah, it's I know. Strong, and I I hope it does well, and I hope that they'd let. The thing is that I, this is what I heard the, the two people that I was trying to get in through is that they they're trying to stay away from the professionals to train them like to do it the right way to make it look sloppier. Okay. Because it's it's about the beginning. Yeah. Of it, and then training the girls. You know what I mean. So they want them to go through the natural progression. I believe. Now, I did the natural progression 16 years ago, but I would have loved to even not have been one of the wrestlers just to be something else. Fuck, I would have been an extra in it. It was one of those. That's how well it was. Because you moved here originally to be an actress? Of course. Yeah. going to be Meryl Streep, but that bitch took and everything. So were you trained like when you were? Trained. I was a theater major at Temple University. Mm-hmm. Um, then I came out here. I was. I studied Joanne Barron. I studied with um, Playhouse West for years with Jeff Goldblum and uh, Robert Carnegie. And um, yeah, I, I that's all I do. I can cry on cue. Sad, but yeah, true. Yeah, I didn't know you could oh cry on cue. Oh my god, I'm so. That's every time. This is the thing. My best friend was Freddie Soto, who passed away, mm-hmm. and we worked at the comedy store day in and day out when I first moved here in '93. Freddie was still a door guy, and then he eventually got past and started moving on and doing bigger things. But he still was. You know, when we're in town, you do spots at the store, the Laugh Factory, whatever. You never stop being a comic. You never stop being a comic. So, <laughs> so I was always the waitress. And then if Freddie was doing a spot or something, you know, I, I can remember sitting at a laundromat with him and, and being like, this isn't real. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Just shitting on the entire craft. Because I was a cranky waitress that was like trying to become... Uh, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. And um, so I would you know, hang out with him and shit on his craft. And he'd watch me in a play and be like, why are you getting raped every (laughs) fucking play? Or you, your child was just taken and executed in front of you. What is happening? (laughs) But that's what it was. I was always in these like ridiculously sad plays and he'd come see him and go, you're funny. What are you doing? And I'm like, you don't understand it. <laughs> Just go tell your jokes, jokes during the spin cycle, you piece of shit. <laughs> you know, we'd fight constantly. And I, I'd sit there and, and, and just keep going to these auditions and keep doing this fucking... And 12 years, I was waiting tables at the store. T- fucking 12 years went by. 
Just like that. Like, when did you stop sir, like uh, waiting tables at the store? 2005. See, because that's what I remember. I remember when I first got to the comedy store in 2003. Okay. I remember you were one of the few people there. And Chris Storen remembers the same thing. You were one of the few people there that was actually nice to the open micers. Really? I could, t- I could give you a lot of open micers that would tell you a different story, but that's nice. Probably because I, I saw you guys and you did well. Okay, then that might have been it. But I just remember you, like, because you weren't overly, like, you know, you weren't super, you know... Uh, Nice. Yeah. Kind of cunty. But you were, and there's definite rules at the comedy store. And you, I remember you told me one time uh, that I wasn't allowed to write in the Show OR. Yeah, yeah. You were like, you're not allowed to write in here. But I remember you telling me in a nice way where a lot of people at that time, especially at the comedy store, would be more like, you know, oh, hey, yeah. put your fucking shit away. You know what I mean? Like that. The, you know. But maybe like the early days or the, I guess the mid 90s, because I started at 93 mm-hmm. at the store. So I guess like in the middle, uh, Mitzi would come in a lot, of course, but I would work the potluck. I mean, an open mic night, and I would like the the comics would just go sit in anywhere, and I'd be like, uh uh-uh, uh, fuckers, and I treat them like cattle and push them to the back. But you know where to sit, and sometimes I try to make a joke out of it and make them laugh. But some of them were real dicks. Yeah, and some of them I was just like, get the fuck in the back, or you're outside. You know, whatever. So I was kind of cunty. But the problem was, is I couldn't have Mitzi. If she came in the showroom and she saw those people sitting there, I'd have to make them buy drinks. Mm-hmm. So it was either sit back there or you're going to pay for drinks. And customer. you don't want to buy drinks at the comedy store. Know. You can buy drinks at the fucking haha, But the comedy store, they were shit. When I was waiting tables, it was $6 for a beer. Yeah. So I don't, it's probably 90 now. Yeah, um, it's, it is ridiculous too. So I don't know how people survived. I remember looking at the prices going, I have to say this was a straight face. Because I came from Philly, South Philly. And, and you go to a bar, you drink all night for 30 bucks. Yeah. You know, you don't, we do corner bars. I don't know what the fucking Sunset Strip has up their ass, but they're charging five seventy five for a Heineken. Yes, that's frightening. Same with uh, same with Arizona. It's very inexpensive to drink. It's so normal. when I first came here, it was like, wow, these drinks. And there's are no fucking ride to go with this. Then I you started know I mean? making a bit more money, and I was like, I'll take shots. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we even have um, comic prices. Mm-hmm. So Mitzi knew the comics were broke, and she made a rule that a lot of times she used to give the liquor away, and then we hit real hard times. So we came up with comic prices. But for years, Mitzi would give the liquor away. What was the hard times about? Hard times in that just nobody was coming there. And to be honest, I, I, a lot of it had to do with not wanting to change at all. Yeah. Mitzi had her way. This is what it was. This is what it is. Her ego was being hurt in that she wasn't the queen bee as much anymore. I'd say toward the later nineties, you know, like 97, 98, like that, it started to feel really. Yeah. Um, but in the and beginning, that was right after the Def Jam and all that, or was Def that? Jam was already out because uh, Def Jam started in ninety. And the reason I'll tell you I know that is because I slept with the guy who started it. So um, <laughs> no, he didn't start it. But what <laughs> my first ex fiance, I have a couple of those. His he was a booking agent, and he was working in the at William Morris. 
He worked in the mailroom at first. His brother's a big entertainment lawyer, so he got him a job in the mailroom. And he worked his way up, and he was working for a big uh, booking agent. And so he got to meet all these comics. And my ex, his name's Billy, he loved comedy. Mm -hmm. That was his passion. So he was working in the comedy world, and he was just... it. Whoever made him laugh was who he loved. But he was just an assistant at the time. So the guy, I guess after a while, started letting Billy, um, you know, take on some clients. And Billy's favorite clients at the time were these black clients. And the guy was like, there's no money out there for blacks. Knock it off. And he got pissed off. He's like, you're wasting your time. And, of course, he dropped a lot of N-bombs. And he was like, you're wasting your time with these people. They're nothing, blah, blah, blah. Go where the real money is. And Billy got mad and talked back to him, and then he got fired. Mm -hmm. So he was like, he called all his clients that he was, you know, talking to, and he's like, look, this guy freaked out, so I'm going to go start my own business. Do you guys want to come with me? And they did. And they were Chris Rock, Martin Lawrence, uh, Adele Gibbons, Joe Torrey, Tommy Davidson, and this guy who had an idea for a black comedy show on HBO called Russell Simmons. (laughs) They also had Monteria Ivy, who did the... um, Yo mama jokes. Yeah. Like, you know? And so he had all these clients. So he started booking them. He introduced Martin to the Sam Art Williams, who did the Martin show. He, you know, worked with Chris Rock on the road, got him on the road forever to make him a huge comic. And I heard that the first time Chris Rock went on the road was with Martin as his feature, and then he couldn't follow Martin, and it helped him a lot. He couldn't follow Martin Lawrence. That's what I had heard. Martin was already headlining. Originally, that's the way they went out. Um, Maybe that's incorrect. That yeah, because Chris was newer than Martin. Martin was already established. Okay. When uh, not super established, but a little bit ahead of him, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. And he was already because Martin became Martin got the Martin Show. Yeah. And then became um, the host of Def Jam. So that was all around the same time, and Chris was the the new kid on the block. Okay. So it wouldn't make sense that that Chris. I'd have to ask Billy, but I'm almost positive I, that I don't remember. Yeah, one I of remember the comments Billy, that told me that, so I didn't know, and I didn't know the chronology of you know. Yeah, Martin I remember and Billy Chris getting Rock. Chris because um, Eddie Murphy brought Billy. I mean, brought Chris to William Morris mm-hmm. and was like, "Gotta check this kid out, this kid, blah blah blah," and so. Um, they took him on as a favor to Eddie, but they weren't paying any attention to him. But Billy was, because he's like, wait, this guy's funny. But he wasn't like Chris yet. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then he goes, you need to go on the road. You need to. And so he put him on the road in the shit road, like the, the regular yeah. shit that's out there. And um, Like what I do now. What we all do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he developed. <laughs> he did that for about a year and developed and became a really strong comic, and then he did a movie called See Before that nobody likes to talk about. But, yeah, um, I, I saw terrible. clips of it. <laughs> I, I, I have a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a beanie? Is it like it's a fucking, fucking Jenna Jackson hat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Giant See Before ghetto. So embarrassing. Wear it to Runyon. Yes. No, I don't. I don't ever wear it because it's going to be a collector's item because that is a terrible movie. <laughs> When, I um, love Chris, but that's a horrible movie. So I don't, yeah, I I I'll, I don't remember that him uh, ever. He may have gone out with Martin now, but yeah. not, uh, 
And what's it been like for you? Because I always, here's a thing that I notice a lot, um, and it's starting to slow down quite a bit, but... Um, I act. Will you shut up? <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> You're so ridiculous. Your act is great. I just no, saw is. you last week at the fucking West Side. Oh, I forgot about that. Killing it. Um, but what I was going to ask you about was at the comedy store, you kind of run your own space all the time there. You know, like you, you have your own way of being there and you're one of the stronger personalities and you know, you get in with the guys and what, what do you think of like the way that a lot of the newer girls coming up are always complaining about? Well, I mean, it, it is a thousand times, um, harder as a woman i guess as mm-hmm. a, I, I gotta say this it's a delicate subject because again i grew up around all boys and i grew up constantly fighting whether it was to let them make them let me play with them mm-hmm. because i have to show that i'm good enough and or um you know in the street fucking fighting literally and so it was it was a constant thing like that so I was so ingrained that way from the second I stepped into the comedy store as a waitress I just always stood up for myself kind mm-hmm. of thing or sometimes I didn't even stand up for myself it just whatever fuckers you know let it go I don't care I yeah. just need to make money stay focused on I guess that's my thing is to stay focused on what's important to you in that all I care about is killing on stage Yeah, I'm not trying to make friends mm-hmm. I already have friends you know what I mean? If I make a new one along the way, great. If not, fuck it. You know, I'm my my biggest problem. I'm not a uh, ass kiss, mm-hmm. so I don't care how big of a comic you are, or how little of a comic you are. Um, I can't kiss your ass because you're onto something. If I don't respect or believe, if you're a cool person, then you're a cool person. But I'm I'm, I'm not a one of those pussy grabbers, if you will. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on so, that. Yeah, you know that's, that's been one of my so problems. I, I, I remember getting a compliment from a comic uh, that you treat. He goes, why you treat us all the same? And I was like, yeah, you're all the same. You're all comics. You know what I mean? Like, you're all fucking nuts. And now that at, coming in as a comic, and again, this is what I want to say for the girls coming. I do have a little bit of a... Uh, a leverage at the store, especially because I grew up there, mm-hmm. kind of like waiting tables there when I wasn't doing stand up. That was a long time. I met a lot of people. Shit, me and my ex went on the road to watch Chris do Bring the Pain. Like, I watched him develop that, mm-hmm. whether he was at the store or we were at the, um, in West Orange at the Rascals in Jersey or the fucking Riviera that Steve Sharippa would book him at to do, you know, work that out. We were everywhere watching them. So my knowledge of stand-up and stand-ups is ridiculous. And yeah. they, and I have relationships with mostly all of them, not just fucking them. Some of them I fuck, but not all of them, just one. Anyway, well, one, he doesn't count because he never got passed. So <laughs> does that count? If you didn't get passed as a regular, sorry, Jake. Doesn't but you count. know what I'm saying. Doesn't count. Anyway, yeah, that, that's like a lesbian experience at that point but he um but yeah so i feel like at the store that's my home home and when i go in there i just work on my craft and i'm funny you know and i don't get involved you can't get involved with the drama the young girls i noticed they try to like this guy or that girl or hang with this one or 
Uh, uh, some of them are like, oh, it'll be good if I sleep with him. No, no. That's not good. If you want to sleep with somebody, sleep with them. Yeah. But don't fucking hang on, Jack, because they don't care. Yeah. Most of them. I tell people all the time, fuck people if you want to fuck them, but don't fuck them to get anywhere because a lot of times you're not going to get where you're... Not a lot of times. Yeah, they don't... Never the times. Yeah, they don't don't follow through. I'm going to tell you that as a... When I was working at the store and I was the... In charge of the waitresses. I hate to say head waitress because I gave good head and that's (laughs) annoying. So Mitzi put me in charge of the waitresses like to do the schedules and do all the hiring because she got bored with it. And so... um, that was my job. And I cannot tell you how many comics, big, medium, or small, came to me and said, I fucked this girl. She wants to be a comic. Or I fucked this waitress. And now she wants to be a comic. And she's trying to get in my movie or my show or my this. You have to fire them. I don't want them here. Wow. And I'd have to. Yeah. Because it was called the comedy store, not the waitress store, or not the fuck store. So... They put the asses in the seats. They ran the show. Yeah. And Mitzi told me that from the get. She was like, I don't want the waitresses fucking the comics. And she, she didn't want it because she didn't want the drama. Yeah. She, the waitresses are the money makers in mm-hmm. there. In that we sell the drinks. People come in to see the comics. But initially, we get the fucking money out of them. Yeah. Because you comp. A lot of times they comp the door. Mitzi wasn't a big comper. But uh, <laughs> this is where that, that back to that subject, the dead years, is because she wouldn't change with the time. You know, we should have been comping more people. We should have been being more industry friendly. She wanted the industry out. As she would say, like me and Duncan Trussell were talking about this a couple months ago, that she, I don't want people coming in and stealing my jams and jellies. <sighs> Those were her comics. Because with the industry would come in, they would take the comic, develop a show around them, and then the comic would leave her. Yeah. She wanted to do that. She was trying to do that, but she was failing miserably. Like, she was way ahead of her time. She has shows with Dice in them and Irera and, like, old school Charlie Fleischer, like, uh, what's the one I love? Lois Bromfield. Great shows with all these female comics that she absolutely adored. Uh Carrie Snow to Maya Otsuki. That was like way, way early. Yeah. Like early 80s, I think. Mid 80s, maybe? I forget. But Mitzi was doing, she would write little shorts and film them. Mm-hmm. Almost like Vine shit. Now. Yeah, I've seen them running on the, um, on the <laughs> monitors before. Yeah, they yeah, show them. They, yeah. <laughs> she, makes, she, she used to force us to show them. We'd be like, I, we shouldn't do that. <laughs> but, uh, okay. <laughs> I, but she, it's funny. I mean, she had what she was trying to do, but... She was trying to capitalize on what she was growing, kind of. Yeah. But she didn't have the connections to do that anymore. And so we weren't allowed to, get, like, just say if APA called up and said, can I get the lineups for the week? We'd say, no. You have to come here. And she'd charge them to come in. And she'd charge them. So people, they spread the word. Fuck the comedy store. Comedy store's dark. The comedy store's this. Comedy store's that. And it got slower and slower and slower. I mean, and then it one became time. all of those things. Yeah. Because by it, the time I got there, it was, it was dark, dark and it was, yeah, it was in a different place now, completely different. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it turned around, but it only because, and I, I, I say this with no disrespect to Mitzi, but she, 
it was allowed to change. Mm-hmm. And it has now changed. Some of the changes I don't want to say I necessarily agree with, but then at the same time, it keeps the building open. That's what I told somebody not too long ago. I was like, we could have kept the comedy store as a clubhouse for another couple years, or we could possibly have it as a business forever. Yeah. And so I would rather see a lot of the, you know, because for a while... Even in my opinion, you know, for a while it got a little too loose there. Oh, gotcha. It's oh, like, sometimes you're like, hey, oh, okay, uh-uh. There's no rules and you don't belong back here. And it's not to be mean, but yeah. you just don't belong back here. Like this is an area where it's either regulars or there are different people yeah. that have different relationships with the comedy store. You're not one of those people. So yeah. you stay out there. But for a minute there, that that boundary was gone. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, now we just have random people just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Those floodgates. But then again, that would be me as a waitress going, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't allowed back here. Yeah. Well. (laughs) Here comes Cunty. You know, I got into it with somebody and uh, when we were in the back in Sacred Ground. Oh, yeah. And uh, I got into it with somebody. funny they call it Sacred Ground. Dice always calls it the office. That was his (laughs) office. It makes so much sense. Yeah, and that's where everybody goes to hide out. And uh, there was one day where I got into it with a guy, and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, you don't belong back here. And then he tried to keep going, and I was like, no, I know you don't belong back here, because technically I don't belong back here. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're one of us. I don't care what they say. Thanks. Everybody everybody treats me that way at the store. You know, nobody's ever told me, but I will remind people just so they know. I know you don't belong back here because I don't belong back here. So you for show shit yeah, don't belong time, back here. Yeah. Time for you to go. Yeah, there's some nights I'll go back that honestly, and like again, I that's you know I love that they have that spot to go hang out and get do what you do, yeah. and it keeps us all safe, kind of mm-hmm. in a sick way, and um, yeah, it's always been there. That that little sick, like we always call it. Uh, the land of misfit toys, like Steve Simone, that's that's one he's known for. The land of misfit toys, because that's what we are. We're all fucked up. We all come from different crazy backgrounds. Yeah, none of us should ever be together, and we are. And it just happens. I don't know why or how, but and it works. Yeah, I run back there to hide, and I tell people all the time. You know, I, like if I have to do a, if I'm there at the store for a set. And I don't feel like talking to a lot of the, you know, newer people or dealing with, because, you know, it is sunset. So sometimes you get like the party sure. people that are just hanging out. And so I'll run back there and I'll run all the way to like that back corner. And I'll just tell all the comics while I'm walking through, I just want to hide and not see anybody. And everybody's always like, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just come right yeah, just- yeah. <laughs> there's, there's like little things I miss. Like we used to have those couches in the back and in the kitchen. Um, and they were Mitzi's couches. They were little gray couches. And she would sit on one side so she could look at herself in the mirror. That was weird. But she, <laughs> like, we'd have meetings, and I'd be like, is this bitch looking in the mirror? I'm going to fuck her up. But right she, near the zero sign? Yes. Yeah, right I under remember it. when. Yeah. yeah. So we would sit there, and, of course, the waitresses would check out back there. I mean, now they have to do it in the office because there's too much traffic. Yeah. At, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Um Again, that's a good thing, but I, I miss those little couches because when I first started doing stand-up, they were still there, and I would come in and sit back there, right, because I knew I could hide in the kitchen. 
You just reminded me of the couches. I had forgotten about uh, the couches, but yeah, I used to sit in the I couches too. There, Motherfucker. And even my makeup couch, which I always called it because I was always late and uh, I'm very black and I would get <laughs> to the store and I wouldn't have any makeup and... Um, my mom was like, you, you got to stop doing that. You can't go to work like that, honey. You're not going to make any money. I go, mom, they're going to feel bad for me that I look like I have Down syndrome. So You're so rude. And you know this is L.A. Nobody feels bad for anybody for looking bad. They're always like, ew. Why, oh <laughs> why would you do that? What the fuck? How'd you get a job here, bitch? Like, so, I mean, so, it was bad. Like, uh, back then, because I was doing acting classes or rehearsals for plays or whatever, so I would really show up sometimes with my hair soaking wet, you know, in a knot, curly, you know, let my African roots really come out. <laughs> and um, my big curls would be all over the place, and Mitzi would be like, fix that. All right. Lauren, my friend Lauren that I used to work with used to call me the Lion King because it was so big. Mitzi, you and Mitzi were actually close. Yeah, yeah, very, as close as you could be to Mitzi. That's what I was like going to ask you. Is she ever about, really, really nice? To me? Yeah. To yeah. me, amazing. Um, I did a lot of, like, I was her personal assistant. Um, what happened was, I was doing every job. She kept firing everyone. It was, so I believe I, I've done every job in the comedy store, including being a janitor at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had to unclog quite a few toilets in there. So um, she was, <laughs> she had this <laughs> That's big, where I see yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Just plunging away, man. You don't even work there and you still do no, it. No, <laughs> I do. I do it. I do it in fucking rest stops on the road. I'm a dick. I have literally been in Barstow in the middle of the night plunging a fucking toilet like a dick. And I'm like, and I'll walk out of there after I boil my hands and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you cleaning? <laughs> Just cl- unclogging random toilets. And as I'm like leaving the AMPM, they're like, thank you. <laughs> Motherfucker saw me do it. You know, like <laughs> I get pissed off. But anyway, so yeah, I have this. So I was doing everything. I was like the, uh, before she fired Scott Day, who was the talent coordinator. I st- like when I first started there, he was there. Great guy. Um, he, I was his assistant for a little bit because he had an alcohol problem and he would call out every Monday. So we had to do all his work. So then I start doing just little jobs. And then after a while it got to, okay, just come to my house. And then I'd be at the house day in and day out. And I was like, fuck, I can't do this. Like, this is dark. This is bad. And sometimes it was fun, but sometimes it was like sad, you mm-hmm. know, because she was getting sick. Her health was declining. Yeah. So it wasn't, as fun anymore and then um she'd freak out and make me fire people i feel bad you know so it was like little things like that she hired me also she said she wanted to um have me help her write a book and i was like i can barely read but okay but it was a coffee table book she wanted to do for um the uh, dunes in Vegas. Uh-huh. So she wanted to put all these pictures together. And I thought, all right, pictures, pop up. I could do that. Uh, <laughs> not a lot of writing. <laughs> and so I was like organizing stuff like that at her house mm-hmm. with her. And then that, oh, that was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> but speaking of people going to sacred ground that don't belong, um, comics would randomly stop by her house and uh, decide to tell her things like, I'm 
better than so-and-so, I should be getting their spots. And no, no, <laughs> not a good idea. Uh, so I watched her unpass a lot of people really? as well. Mm-hmm. I didn't know unpassing happened. It just did. <laughs> would they black their name out of the wall or did they no, just... No, no, she didn't do that. Only um, she she would just not give them spots. Yeah, they were just and, done. Um, there was one who was persistent and I believe he showcased. And Rick Ingram told this story because I knew she did it. I didn't know she did it to his face. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew she did it like I'd have to write that in a memo to the talent coordinator. Yeah. Did that person ever find out? No. Mm-hmm. But uh, they just all of a sudden disappeared or complained or, you know, whatever. Would stop by at her house randomly, you know, like crazy shit. And um, so she, uh, she, this one guy, he pushed and pushed. He's like, I should be getting better spots. So she goes, okay, I'll have to re-showcase. She felt bad, you know. Jewish kid, I forget. I think he was from Arizona, and um, he re-showcased and he bombed so bad, so like hard. Yeah. And she, <laughs> okay, you're on path. <laughs> and it's just the thing is, like, if you push her against the wall, she's going to. She doesn't like confrontation, but if you come at her, uh-huh. she's going to tell you. <laughs> So don't do it. All I can do is don't. So great. God okay, you're on fast. Okay, you're not. Like this one, these people took her for such granted. But if she loved you, she loved you and you were in. I mean, I've done crazy shit with Mitzi where I can't even talk about. But I, you know, weird shit. And... um I mean, we had some fun times, but it was also some scary times because there were times when when her sickness was real bad and um, Polly was on the road or something and he called me. He's like, hey, dude, you got to go help my mom. She called the ambulance on herself. I'm like, what? So she was in Cedar sinai I had to go get her, get the keys to her house, you know, take her back. And this is a weird thing because... Uh, I, I didn't have keys to her place, but the comedy store always had keys to her place. So I was like, fuck, I got to go to the store. So I dry, I pick her up at Cedars, get her in the car. Um, she has just a top on, class act, all miss, <laughs> and big wobbling tits. So I got to go to the store, but it's a fucking Sunday. So everybody's out there for potluck. Uh-huh. And I have who they're waiting for approval from. Yeah. In the seat next to me, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Like I didn't know I would never let anybody see her like that. Yeah, I would have covered her in a fucking trash bag before I let. And I was like, "Fuck!" But she was so sick; she didn't know what was happening to her. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And and so she was undiagnosed uh, or self-diagnosing something that was undiagnosed. You know what I mean? Like I was like, "Bitch, you can't keep doing this." But we couldn't. She was hard-headed. Yeah. So I go and I get the keys, and I'm like. Fuck, somebody has to cause a distraction. <laughs> just so many fucking potluckers. I just remember so many fucking, because driving in was fine, because they see me. Yeah. Driving out is all her. And I was like, fuck. And so I had the manager walk beside the car with us outside, just because I felt like I would protect her anything, because she did it for me. She, yeah. Even though she tried to have me arrested. That's another story. But she... <laughs> 
<laughs> it was that same day, actually, because I put her, I had to go back to work. So I put her, I took her home, tucked her in, everything. And then she had a nightmare, but she was suffering from dementia. Uh-huh. So in her mind, the last person she saw was me. Yeah. So it was, I did this to her. So she told Polly I did it. And Polly was traveling, so it wasn't immediate getting back to her. By that point, she had already called the cops to go to my apartment. Anyway, I wasn't home, but I was at the store. Yeah. And, and Polly was like, what is happening? And when he landed, you know, poor thing, he's all fucking stressed out. And then I, I told him what happened, and so he had to go and fix it. But it was like not an easy thing, you know, that, that yeah. fucking dementia is a bitch, boy. And she would create all kinds of shit in her head. Yeah, do you ever get to talk to her anymore? I go see her, and um, she she sometimes she uh, the last time I went to see her, me and Cynthia Levin went, and I like to take people that she knows from a certain time. Yeah, and so like I've also taken Holtzman. Mm-hmm. She lights up when I bring Holtzman. <laughs> she almost fell out of the seat. She probably got wet. Very excited. <laughs> she loved Holtzman because she anybody funny that was her shit. You know, just genuinely fucking funny. That didn't have any problem yelling at her, honestly. Not yelling. Yeah, me. yeah. Like but, being like, was that it? Was that good enough? Yeah. Did that work for you? Am I past yet? That kind of person uh-huh. would make her piss herself. And even though Holtzman would say that to her on a regular basis, is that good enough? She'd go, not yet. <laughs> right back at him. And he'd be like, fuck. <laughs> like, but he kept coming back because everybody likes abuse. And so um, she lit up when he came. But with Cynthia and I, that was more recent. And she lit up again like, oh, good. You know, because this goes back to a time when she had the girls of the comedy store. And that was her baby. And she took the girls of the comedy store to La Jolla or did a big show in the main room, you know. And these were her girls. And it was like Sherry Shepard, Kim Tavares, uh, Cynthia Levin, like all, Paul Lavelle, I think was uh, she might have been at the tail end of it, but kind of on that level, you know. And so she got all excited when she saw Cynthia, and she even started like talking to us. But the sentences are unclear. Yeah. And then I was like, "Fuck, I, I don't know." And I and I, uh, the scared little girl who was her assistant when I when she said something I didn't understand it, and you never made Mitzi repeat herself, or you'd lose your fucking job. So in my head, I was like, "I can't make her repeat." <laughs> the fuck did you say bitch like but i i was so scared to like make her repeat it so and i leaned in i remember being like what was that and she and i was like fuck and then i was telling somebody that she did this somebody else that was pretty close to her and she goes she was probably saying goodbye (laughs) 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 that was really mitzi like get out bye you know like, oh, Mark yeah. Mealy was Mitzi's uh, assistant for a day, right? Did he get a day? I know <laughs> he got a I day. Love Mark Mealy. He God, got a day funny. and he fucked up. What did he do? Because how did he fuck up? Because he um, wasn't sure. Like it was one of those situations where you're at an intersection, you're approaching an intersection, and you're not sure if you should stop or keep going. And he decided that um, he should keep going. He decided stop was the oh. the decision. And it made Mitzi jerk forward a little bit. And he said that the look she gave him afterwards, he was like, I'm not coming back. I know that I'm done. It's this is happening. done. And sure enough, the next day he was told, like, you know, you don't need to come that in today. fucking stare. <laughs> and it would go through you, Ty. Let me tell you. Where you're just like, oh, let me sit up for this. Uh, 
<laughs> Wait, one time Freddie Soto, he was her assistant too. He was driving her around and somebody hit the car or he hit, he backed into somebody. He was at fault. And Mitzi was like, okay, just go around them. And Freddie's like, no, I hit them too bad. Go around them. <laughs> and Freddie's like, are you fucking crazy? I'm a fucking Mexican-American. <laughs> Everybody thinks I'm an illegal. Like, no, no, I'm not. And she, just do it. And Freddie said he backed up and fucking went. It's... He left the scene of a crime. He's like, why am I doing crime with this woman? I'll <laughs> yeah. do anything for Missy's spots. Missy's on a crime wave. Fuck. She's crazy. We're Are we long? I'm sorry. Oh. oh. No. Actually, we're, um, I just like to make sure that... I get off on rant. Sorry. No. It's been a great conversation. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I haven't... Uh, I just look to make sure where it's at because um, later on, people are going to listen. Yay. Hopefully. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, yeah, it's really, I love doing the podcast because I love talking shit. I love telling stupid stories. Um, and it's good practice, like, just to fucking Your guys is, is the original, uh, is, is it just called the Comedy Store Podcast? Just the Comedy Store Podcast. And in the beginning, Rick was doing, Rick Ingram the, my co-host was doing it and it was his podcast. It was, they asked him, I believe Tommy asked him to start doing a podcast mm-hmm. for the store. So I thought, Oh, that's a great idea. You know? And I didn't even think join dumbass. you know, yeah. it's your life, you idiot. But I didn't. And I think Rick interviewed me. I was like one of the first or second ones on there. Mm-hmm. And it was like me, Argus Hamilton. They were like, let's get the elderlies in first. Yes. And um, so, yeah, it was all this uh, crazy shit. And we had so much fun, me and Rick, just talking. And then I didn't even think of it. I started doing another podcast with my friend Lexi, a shoemaker called The First Five. And uh, then she got a real job in production. Fucking idiot. Yeah, I and like Lexi a lot, but I haven't seen her in forever. No, she don't do stand-up anymore. She's production. She's trying to get make things so she can put us in them, which is great, but not as easy as she thought. Mm-hmm. None of us. You know, yeah, we all no, think, it's oh, all... If I yeah. get a job, we're all getting a job. Stand-up was going to take me four months. Stanhope? Stand-up. Oh, stand-up. You know, stand-up. Oh, sure. I was, it was going to be... When I first started doing it, I was like, as soon as I get to LA, I just need four months That's and it. I'll have it figured out. And here we are 13 years later. <laughs> Please take my life. Honestly, here we are. Yeah, I'm, but... I'm 10 years this month doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. 12 years as a waitress. One year doing nothing. You do the math. Yeah. I'll kill myself after this set. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it's fucking crazy. But that's what we do. We lie to ourselves and say, yeah, it's only going to take a minute. And then when Lexi couldn't do the podcast anymore, I thought, fuck why don't I do the podcast with Rick? So I asked Adam, I asked everybody, you know, I went through the proper channels and then I asked Rick and Rick was like, fuck yeah, if you can get people. He he had been doing it for like two years and he had like 10 podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> he, but that's Rick. He don't want to bother nobody. Again, he's he goes to the store and he focuses on just doing well on stage. Yeah. It doesn't matter who your friends are, what your friends... Just do well on stage. It's the dumbest thing you can do. It's just work on your craft and stay focused. It's the dumbest thing you can do you is work involved, on your craft and stay focused. So you know, because it's 
you look around and it's always the networkers that seem to get, you know, and it's like, you don't you mean only, on- Yeah, they're the only ones that work. We don't work. Yeah. I'm destroying at 1 a.m. And no one, I'm kidding. <laughs> no one, no one, no one's watching it. Yeah. No one cares. <laughs> no one is watching. This guy, this guy said to me, you're awesome. How come you don't go on earlier? I go, oh, honey, that's when they're open. They don't let me up there then. <laughs> Right when they're closed. Juan but aren't Carlos you sweet? <laughs> aren't you sweet? <laughs> sweet for no, thinking out loud, huh? <laughs> How'd you hear me over the vacuum? That was weird, huh? <laughs> Fuck. Cocksuckers. Just, yeah, because they vacuum again. at the comedy store, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, Juan Carlos does. <laughs> I love him. Uh, but yeah, the, the, my thing is, like, um, those spots, though, those fucking 1 a.m.ers, they're my favorite. Unfortunately. No one sees me, and they're my fucking favorite spots. You know, I can't wait to get past and do those spots. <laughs> That's really what I want. You know, like, I really do. Like, I don't have a problem with going up super late and when nobody's no. there. And I've been around there for long enough now that I've seen it. So it's not like, you know, I, you have no idea what you're in for. It's like, no, I've seen it. And then also, uh, now I don't. Maybe I don't hang out the same way, but they used to occasionally have leeway where the host would be able to throw one of us up that just hung out, you know. Oh, but there's so many um, regulars that aren't getting spots now. See, that was the other thing. Everybody said, oh, once Tommy leaves, you know, I'll get it. All right. So now Tommy left, mm-hmm. and now you're not in. So stop talking shit and just focus on your craft. Yeah. So, and stop worrying about being passed at the store. It means nothing. Technically, all that matters, get your stage time so that when you do have the chance to get that, you're prepared, opportunity made preparation every goddamn time. So when you get that chance to showcase, you go right through and you're not jerking off, Mm -hmm. you know. But if you're just hanging around, not going up and not doing what you need to do, whether it's there or 5,000 other places. Yeah. Then, yeah. But what happened is now... There's a lot of people that aren't getting spots. So on Mondays, the regulars show up and sign up. And sometimes there's like 20 of them. Okay. So that last spot, every spot is being filled. It used to be a little more. Yeah, there would be like a gap. And so they'd be like, you know, hey, Ty, can you do a set? There would be like a, because Rocco Stowe used to stay late too to go. Or he'd stop back after going to other places Mm -hmm. and be like, oh, maybe I can sneak up a late night on Monday and he'd get up. But now it's not like that. Now it's like, I think last Sunday I went up at 1.13 and there were still four comics after me. Yeah. And that's fucking crazy. But it's all because they're just trying to get the spot, any spots. Yeah. So... uh, if I was getting more spots, I probably wouldn't come in on um, Mondays mm-hmm. in, in that I go other places and try other whatever. But uh, it's just that workout. That room is such a workout. I know. Right? It's it's almost good to get your feet cut off. Well, that's why I always go um, for Monday for potluck. You know, yeah, they, they put you on then the good for, spots. Yeah, they have me friends and family. Um, and I got to say... Most of the times the guys get me on mm-hmm. and it happens so often for me that when on the rare occasion when they can't get me on, I have no hard feelings and I don't feel like anybody's wasted yeah. my time. It's just like, yeah, sometimes you're just not going to get up like that. But yeah. most of the time and they take care of me. Kill Thank you. Yeah. I've seen you kill. 
Healing but there's no other room like it, you know? So I'm like, yeah. yes, I have to stay in practice in this room. Yep. So if I have to come on Monday and sit for three hours, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, you will definitely, I mean, you should definitely fucking showcase. I don't know. I know you're always busy and on the road and you work and mm-hmm. that's why it's, it is secondary and it yeah. should be because more importantly, you're working, mm-hmm. you're on the road, you do spots everywhere and you fucking headline all across the country. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't make you a better or worse comic. Yeah. Get in there, you know? Yeah. For me, it's just that, you know, when I first got to town, I looked at that wall and I was like, oh, I, I want it. my name on that wall. I get but it. But like, uh, I, at the same time. Your so big because it's short. <laughs> yeah. So they do that. Yeah. I know yeah, they do the bigger. And I love that. So yeah. That's good. And I, it's not something I obsess about and I will like, you know, try to be yeah. more proactive. But at the same time, I, I'm not one of those people that feels like, because my friend Jeff Carasales, he's always asking me, he's like, so what's the process for them showcasing you? Why haven't they showcased you? And it, like, he asks these questions all the time and I don't really mind because I know that he means it in a nice way, you know, like he just thinks that I should be a regular there. But at the same time, I feel like, you know, I'm not really stressed about that. Like, you know, it, it'll happen when it happens and I have faith and Good also like yeah. me and Adam, you know, we don't talk a lot, but we have a decent relationship. Exactly. So it's not like, you know, it's not like there's any reason that I wouldn't. It's just like, you know, I just got to wait my turn for right now. And eventually it'll get to a point or maybe, or maybe they'll showcase me first, but where I'll feel like, okay, maybe this is something I should at least ask about. Yeah. But for right now, I feel pretty like, you know, okay, I'll... I remember one time I, I, it was something you wrote, something, it was somebody you were bashing and I was so happy about it and I won't bring up specifically who and what, but it was fucking incredible and you schooled this person in a way that made me wet and everybody else happier and I was like, yes, so I secretly showed it to Adam and he goes, I knew there was a reason I love that guy. <laughs> Because we laughed so hard at that. (laughs) And it was just this fucking group of jackals that you just shut down. Thank you. I was like, yes, Ty. There should be a backup group for you. Yes, Ty. (laughs) Maybe I'll use the Black Girl Choir from uh, Roast Battle. They've recently adopted the Black Girl Choir. Have they done that? That's Heath Heitch's bit. Yeah, it's uh, Jill, Chrissy. It's it's literally them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Heath Heitch, do you know who that Mm -hmm. is? He's a comic and he was a prop act and he used, oh, he was fucking brilliant to watch. But he'd literally come out as a white um, gospel guy and he had this thing that hooked on his back and it was all these black women (laughs) in robes and he would come on y'all and it was so stupid that this white guy has all these black oh it was one of my favorite fucking bits people loved it yeah i thought you meant they had that big prop oh no i was like Heath left that here is he no jill chrissy um john a thompson and uh jasmine lee Okay. Are the the Black Girl Choir during, and it might be something called something other than the Black Girl Choir, but I think it is Black Girl Choir. Um, Well, that works for me. I yeah, like it works for all of us as far as <laughs> especially roast battle, you know. But it's been two weeks now that they've been doing it. Oh, good. So good. it's yeah. you know it seems like a fun situation. Where can people see you, Eleanor? Uh, in my apartment. Uh, no, <laughs> I like gorephobic psycho. 
I where can they see me? I'm at the comedy store. When does Are this you, come out? Do you have your website? Or? I do have a website, Eleanor J. Kerrigan. I'm really good at social media, guys, so you should get on that. Get I, on Eleanor's social I'm media. I'm terrible. I have a picture on my phone that I still haven't tweeted for Flashback Friday. I'll probably put it up on fucking Saturday. You have time. You have I'm time. I'm not good at this tie. I'll you forget. Have, we'll do it before you leave. Uh, and then, <laughs> where, so yeah, when does this come it out? It comes out Monday. Oh, Monday. Okay. So you'll miss all my spots this weekend. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, whenever, yeah, at the comedy store or on the road or flopping around wherever. Yeah, I can't think of anything specific to promote right now. I almost said Ella Gay. Ella Gay. Ella Gay. EleanorJKerrigan.com is where you guys want to check out Eleanor. And you guys can find me at AmericasFavoriteFag.com. Is that really your thing? I have TyRivera.com and AmericasFavoriteFag.com, and they both go to the same place. Up the ass. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. (laughs) Basically, yeah. (laughs) Same. Um, All right. Well, thank you for listening, Botherinas, and please check out Eleanor J. Kerrigan. I will post links for her social media as soon as I upload this. Thanks for listening, everybody, and thank you, Eleanor. Thank you for having me. Of course.